Hey, I am, um, man, I'm really excited to talk about today. And in, in many ways, um, we're going to talk about something that at glance might feel maybe a little heavy, but, but, it, but I think it's just something that we just have to learn to prepare ourselves and our children and the next generation to deal with. And, and in many ways, I want to talk a little bit today about how to battle with and to wrestle with, with God. In other words, that, that in one way, I have to just be honest with you, I, God is just... God is just amazing. And I know we just heard a story of just how God changes lives and redeems people, and He is. And, and like, God, His character is so amazing. Like, what kind of God comes down from heaven and goes to a cross and dies for people, by the way, and gives His life for people that rebelled against Him? Like, what kind of God who Jesus is on the cross going, hey, Dad, forgive these people that are spitting on me, beating me, you know, and crucifying me. Don't hold them account of what they've done to me because they just don't really know. Like, what kind of God does that? What kind of God, what kind of God would get down on his knees and wash the feet of his own creation? What kind of God would actually go, hey, look at all these broken people. I want to adopt them as my own children. Right? So God is just incredible, and He is amazing, and, and, and it's just so beautiful to see that like God's Spirit moved in us, and He gives us the power to overcome things and be transformed, and God's wisdom is just so profound. If you, if you ever start to live out the teachings of Jesus, it will radically turn your life upside down for the better. It will make your relationships better, your, your soul better, your emotions better, your life better. I mean, God is so wise and so brilliant and so amazing and so loving and so great. But there are some times in our lives where the circumstances of our lives don't seem to line up with the character of God, right? Now, there, there are some moments in our life, let's just be real, like I, I want to move from the Sunday school version of this to kind of go, okay, yeah, all that is true and I'm not discounting that, but there's going to be some moments in our lives in this broken world. Remember, Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have some trials. And you could read the Bible of some great men and women of God who endured suffering. In other words, there's going to be some moments that you are going to face when you look at your circumstances, they will not line up to what you believe to be the character of God. They will not line up to that verse that someone sent you and your mama, how, you know, God, you know, restores all these things and everything always works out. And so what takes place in our lives is we need to learn how do we deal with that? Like, how do we wrestle with God in those moments when you pray, God, I need to change, I need, I need peace, and you're praying, and you're praying, and you're doing what the pastor tells you to do, and the Bible tells you to do, and yet even though you pray and pray and pray, you don't experience peace. You still got anxiety. Well, what do, you, what do you do when you pray for healing, and you pray, you pray, they lay hands on you, and you hear other stories of people cheering, going, I was healed, but you, you weren't. And you believed and you expected and you thought, but it just, it just, didn't, it just didn't happen. What, what do you, how do you deal with these moments in your life when you look at that there's a, there's a, a nation that just gets invaded and, and, and people are being killed and, and basically the world is sitting around doing nothing to stop it? Like how do, you, how do you wrestle with these moments of maybe like something, something happens and you hear this with a friend or maybe it's your life and you cried out for God for protection when you were a child and, and, and you cried out and, and he... He didn't. See, the Bible, by the way, doesn't tell us that we'll, we'll always avoid the problems. He, but God does promise to be with us in them and actually redeem them, but not necessarily avoid them. And so we, we look in this life and we go, God, I don't, I don't really understand this. Why? Because what happens is we, we raise up, and I understand the heart, we raise up people, it's called like a Sunday school version of faith. 
And what we tell is we celebrate. And the only stories we teach are the stories of where giants fall down and people walk into fire. And then all of a sudden Jesus shows up and they walk out. They don't smell like smoke, right? And, and all of a sudden that person dies and they're raised back to life. And the person's healed and the blind can see and the lame can walk. And we, we paint this picture of all these amazing things that God does. And by the way, He does do them. But when you read the same Bible, you realize not everyone who walked into fire walked out. And that every giant fell. And that every person was healed. And not every prison wall was shaken by angels like Peter experienced. People were set free. And so what happens is we hit these moments in our lives and we're not prepared for them. Because we just expected God. We thought this was good. And because what our view of God doesn't line up to our circumstances, what we do is instead of wrestling with God, what we do is we just walk away. Well, this, God, you must not be real. This might not work. You must not love me. And so what happens is we begin to fill in the blank in these seasons of all of these things. And so the heart of what I want to walk through kind of today, and we're going to explore this again a little bit later, but, but the heart of what I walk through is I want to prepare you to wrestle with God the right way. Because what you're going to see is in the Bible are some amazing people of faith. People that God used to do incredible things. Like I'm going to use stories today of people. You're going to know their name probably if you grew up in church. They, they were amazing people of the Lord who accomplished great things. Who, by the way, also faced circumstances where they were frustrated with God. They didn't believe for a season about some things. They began to question. They were angry, disappointed. He didn't meet their expectations. And my heart is what I want to do is I want to learn from these people so how did they navigate those seasons to get on the other side, by the way, and not miss out on everything God had for them? How did they, they get on the other side and not have their faith fail? And so we're going to do days, we're going to look at this because I want you to understand, first of all, if you ever walk through something like this, you are not alone. Like I think sometimes we, we only hear the stories of how everyone else, everything's working out, all the good things are going on, and we, we're sitting there in the midst of a struggle, and we go, well, maybe I'm alone. You're not alone. And so I want to look at two stories today, and I want to look at two of them that are going to help you understand how to wrestle with God the right way. The first one we're going to look at is the story of John the Baptist. Now for those of you that might be newer to this, the faith and you're learning, awesome. John the Baptist is an amazing, amazing man. In fact, he was the cousin of Jesus, and since birth, his plan was from the beginning, God had a plan for his life, and he was to make way to get everything ready for Jesus to come. See, in that day, before a king would come to town, there would always be this, this group of people that would go on before the king to make way for the king, so everyone would get ready. And this was John's role. And so he went out into a desert and told people to repent and get ready, for God's going to send the Messiah. The kingdom of God is going to come to this earth. And masses begin to follow him. And it was incredible and it was amazing. And then one day Jesus actually comes to him to get baptized. And John is like, no, you don't understand, Jesus. You should baptize me. I don't even deserve to kind of like tie your sandals because like you're so amazing. And John the Baptist literally listened to God himself say, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And then he watched the Spirit of God come out of heaven and dwell in Jesus. So John knew who Jesus was. He knew the power. He knew the authority. He knew what he could accomplish in this world. And yet, here's what I want you to see. The circumstances of John's life didn't line up to the character he believed Jesus to be. Because you know where John was? He was in prison. 
Now, why was John in prison? Let me tell you why. Because God, Jesus, actually gave him some laws and some rules about marriage and about sexuality. And the king of the Jews at that time began to break the laws that Jesus made. And so John stood up and confronted this politician who had an inappropriate relationship with a woman. I know that's never happened before or since, but it was a rare occasion. And so John addresses it and goes, no, everybody else is afraid of you. I'm going to stand up for justice and what is right and for you to set the example. And he speaks out against the king. And you know what the king does? Throws him in jail. And so there's John the Baptist. I'm going to see this. And he's sitting in prison and he's hearing all these great stories. And Jesus is walking around. He's, 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 start, he, you know, he's making wine for weddings and he's healing people and, and, and he's setting people free and feeding thousands of people. And all of the while... John is in prison for doing the right thing. And Jesus, listen to this, does nothing to change his circumstances. See what I'm talking about? There's just moments that don't make sense, right? But John did everything for you. But God, John was a great man. But John did the right thing. This isn't the way it should be. And so in the middle of this, John begins to get frustrated. John begins to question. In fact, listen to what John begins to say. Here's what he says. John's disciples told him about all these things. Meaning, all the miracles that Jesus was doing. Like, Jesus is awesome. He's doing everything for everyone except you. All right. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask. And here, I want you to see what's going on in John's mind. Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Hey, Jesus, you're not who I thought you were. When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? else. What is John saying? Hey, Jesus, this doesn't make sense. Like, Jesus, this doesn't make sense, because if you're really the Son of God, if you really are walking in the authority and the power over all creation, and you have the ability to set people free, the ability to raise the dead, you have the ability to conquer anyone, and you have the ability to get me out of prison, and you've chose to leave me in here even though I've done nothing wrong, this doesn't make sense. What is John doing? John is beginning to question John, John is beginning to, to wrestle with going, I don't understand you. This doesn't make any sense. Like if you love me and I was good to you and I'm a good person, I've done the right thing, then why am I in this circumstance? Why are you doing everything for everyone else, but I'm on my knees praying and I'm still staying in the prison that I'm in, by the way, for doing the right thing. You ever, you, by the way, listen, have you ever been there? Like, I, I, listen, I want this to be real. Like, I, we're going to get positive, I promise you. But, but I just want you to be real. I want to prepare you for these moments in life because I hate to say it. I wish I could be one of these guys maybe on TV just saying everything's going to be always great. Just, hey, praise God. You just got to have faith that everything works out great. That's not the world, by the way. And listen to this. And that's never what Jesus promised. It's never what Jesus promised. But I, but I want us to prepare for this. Why? Because you've you ever been there and you've done the right thing and then and, and you, you're honorable and you work hard and you do everything right and then the boss's friend gets the promotion and they're breaking all these rules and lying? You see what I'm saying? But that's not the way it's supposed to be. And so you're like, but well, God, I don't, I don't understand. Have you, ever, have you ever been there? And maybe you, you know someone and they're a good person and they, they're doing the right thing, that are God, and then they get cancer? They get sick? And you watch these other people do whatever they want. It seems like they're just wicked people and they get away with everything. You, you ever, this is something my wife and I, you, you ever um, want children more than anything else in the world? And you try and you try and miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage and, and you can't have children. And then all of a sudden all your friends are like, dang it, got pregnant again, weren't even trying. 
Or, or, or you find out people get pregnant they don't even want the child. See, see, I, I guess, uh, listen, listen. I want you to understand you're not alone. Like, I, I want to prepare you for these moments, not without faith, not that God doesn't do miracles and do great things. He absolutely does. But I want us to prepare you for these moments that we just don't get prepared for when all of a sudden there are seasons of our life. Remember what Jesus said. He said, hey, blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness. In other words, not blessed are those who pay the consequences for their bad decisions. No, blessed are those people who do the right thing and still face a season of consequences. And so what I want us to understand is I want to look at, so what does John do with this? What does John do with this tension where he's battling with God? And quite honestly, he's questioning God. He's like, you know, God, Jesus, I, I, I don't really understand this. This doesn't really make sense. I'm not really happy with this at all. And what does he do with this tension when his circumstances don't seem to line up with his expectation and understanding of who God is? And I love the way Jesus responds. Because in the midst of John's anger, frustration, doubt, fear, questioning, you can fill in the blank of what he's feeling emotionally. Even though he saw Jesus, even though he personally watched the Spirit of God descend on him, even though he heard the voice of God, he still had these questions. Listen to what Jesus responds, and I love this, because by the way, God can take our struggles. God can handle our doubts. Listen to what Jesus says. At the very time Jesus cured many who had diseases, sickness, and evil spirits, and gave sight, many, to he, to those who were blind. What is he doing? I'm going to demonstrate right in front of these messengers to go send to John. I want to demonstrate my power, my character, my authority, my love, my grace, my power over sickness, disease, evil spirits, and everything in this world. I'm going to remind John of who I am. So he, so he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. In other words, he goes, I want you to tell John all these verses that promise one day I'd bring the kingdom to heaven on earth. They're happening. They're not happening the way you want. Right now, you're not experiencing it. But right now, I want to remind you everything that God is doing around the world, all the good things. And then he makes a statement, blessed or happy is the person who does not stumble on account of me. And I love the imagery. Jesus say, happy is the person that when they face moments, listen to this, moments where God doesn't make sense, moments where you pray and it's not answered, moments when you do something good and you don't get the immediate result. Blessed is the person that doesn't stumble or fall or fall away from me, but instead what? Keeps running to him. And I love this about John. What do we learn to John? When John is struggling with what God has not done in his life, when he's battling with this, he doesn't just move, keep it on the inside and stuff it inside. And what does he do? He goes right to the source, doesn't he? Hey, send someone to Jesus. Ask him these questions. I am questioning him. But here's what I want you to see. The beauty is, but he's going to him. He's not stopping. He's not giving up. No, I'm, gonna, I'm mad. I don't get it. I'm, I'm all these emotions. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be authentic. I mean, God knows our hearts anyways, right? He's mad, but I'm still going to go to God and I'm going to run to him with it. And I love what Jesus does in his response. Hey, guys, here's what I want you to do. In the midst of all of the bad things going on, what John wasn't seeing was all the good things that God was doing. In the midst of all the bad things going on, and maybe some of you need to hear this right now, in the midst of all the things, uh, midst of the, the circumstance of his life, he was being blinded to all the things he knew about God. He had forgotten them. And Jesus, in his grace and his love, looks out and goes, hey, listen, I want to help build John's faith back up. So remind John all of these great things about the goodness and the character of God. Listen, some of you, can I challenge you? This is what God wants to do in you. You're facing a circumstance right now, I know. 
and you don't understand why God has not answered and, and why God is allowed, why God didn't stop, whatever it might be. You don't understand it, but I tell you something. Just because He's not responding in the way you thought or had hoped in this one area, don't forget all the other areas God is good. Don't, don't lose sight on, on that one day God's going to redeem all these things and one day God's going to make it right. I don't, don't redeem that he can, he can work all things for good, even the brokenness that you're walking through. Like, like we've got to be careful in the midst of the pain to not only see the pain, but also see all of the power of God. And so this is what Jesus does to John. He redirects his attention. It's not ignoring the bad, but it's also choosing not to ignore the good. And then I love what Jesus says next, because here's what's so beautiful. Because sometimes we beat ourselves up. God, you must be mad at me. I'm a failure. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have these questions. I need greater faith. What's wrong with me? But, but I love the heart of Jesus, the compassion, the grace that he shows a man, listen to this, that just questioned him. I want you to see this because I want you to see what he speaks about this man, John, by the way, who just publicly questioned who Jesus was, even though he's seen Jesus and all of the glory and all of his power. And listen to Jesus' response. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. This is so beautiful. Listen to what he says. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? Speaking of, what did you guys go out to see when you went to see John? A reed swayed by the wind? He's like, no, 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 no. You didn't see something that was going to be wishy and washy and every, every circumstance. Which, no, no, no. This is a strong man. This is a man that's going to make it. This is a man I have faith in and believe in. You went out to see someone that even though he's going through a season of struggles right now and doubt, he's not going to give up. He's not going to give, you know, give in. He is going to remain strong. And I love what he says. He goes, if not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? He's a prophet. He's a God-ordained person to fulfill a calling and a purpose in his life. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, listen to what he says. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. What is he saying to everyone? Hey, listen, I know John's going through a season of doubt. I know God, John's going through a season of... That doesn't take away his calling and his purpose. Like even in the midst, even in the midst of his calling and his purpose, there's going to be a pain. There's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some desert seas that John is going to face. And then I love what Jesus says next. It's such a powerful statement. Listen to what he says. Oh, by the way, I tell you guys, this is Jesus speaking. Among those born of woman, by the way, there is no one greater than John. Wait, wait a minute. You mean the greatest person really that ever lived, <laughs> wrestled with God and questioned Him? You mean the greatest person that ever lived um, didn't get the promotion to a palace but ended up actually eventually dying in that prison cell? You, you, mean, you mean the greatest person that, that ever lived <laughs> experienced something that wasn't fair and literally publicly began to just be frustrated and wrestle and fight with Jesus? Like, I, I, like I, listen, I want you to hear my heart with this. Like, like obviously we know the end of the story where, where John, John doesn't give up, right? John is faithful. Jesus said he's, he's not going to lose this battle. And he, you know, his faith is restored. And even though his end wasn't the way John had hoped, God, Jesus, Jesus redeemed him. Jesus actually, once again, John has been blessed for thousands of years in the kingdom of heaven. God will always reward those. I want us to understand this. But here's what I want us to understand about this. We need to realize when it comes to our battling with God, when it comes to those circumstances, here's how we need to handle it. I want you to see this. Is that we need to run to God with our problems with Him. 
Like we, we can't just stuff it inside and pretend. That's what we've done too often in church. We need to go, God, I don't get it. God, I am frustrated. God, I don't get it. This doesn't make sense. It's okay to express it. But we need to run to God with our problems with it. But listen to this, but also end our praise of Him. Ultimately, what did Jesus do? Hey, listen, I, I'm not mad at you for questioning. This is hard. Listen, there'll be a time in Jesus' life where He goes, God, is there any other way? But here's what I need you to do, John. I need you in the middle of all this pain. You can bring it to me. I can take it. By the way, you just questioned me publicly, and I praised you publicly. I'm not giving up on you. Listen to this. I still believe in you, John, even though right now you're struggling to believe in me. Do you hear the heart of, Peter, of Jesus? But here's what I want to see. What did Jesus do? But you have to train yourself. You have to discipline yourself. Yeah, you can be honest and real and vulnerable, and we can go after God, and we can have these hard conversations, but we can never also not see the good in Him. And one of the biggest mistakes we make are actually both of these. Either we, either we choose to, God, I'm not going to run to you at all. I'm not going to stuff it all inside. And I'm going to kind of really just be, really kind of have this like, this in bitterness towards you, God. But I can't, even, I can't really speak that because I feel sacrilegious and you couldn't take it. So I'm just going to stuff all my anger inside and resent you. Right? Or, or the other side is we just come to God and we just vent and complain all the time without praising and thanking Him. And I love what you see in the beautiful wisdom of Jesus. He goes, hey, John, let me tell you how to get this right. Let me, let me remind you what you're missing. I know where you are is not good. I know this is what you expected. But here's what I want you to see. Even in the middle of all of this brokenness, I am still moving. I am still redeeming. Oh, and by the way, one day, John, when you get to have, I promise you, a hundred times reward, I'm going to bless you. You're going to have such an influence forever and ever and ever. You will reap what you sow, John. If it's not in this life, it's in the next life because that's the character of God. And here's what I want you to see. First, if you're taking notes, how do you wrestle with God? We need to run to God with our problems with Him. We need to be honest. And we need to also remember to praise Him as well in these seasons. Now, here's the second verse that I wanted to talk about. And this to me um, is probably one of the most helpful ones of all. And that's Peter. By the way, we're talking about John the Baptist and Peter, the leader of the church. And I want you to see how these men actually have these seasons and moments they wrestle with God. So Peter's story goes a little different. See, Peter, everything is great. Like Peter is, is living the dream. Jesus is walking around. He's doing miracles. He's invited to every wedding party. He's feeding thousands of people. Jesus goes, hey, Peter, here's a bunch of power I'm going to give you. And you're going to walk into towns and heal people and set people free. And you're going to speak to demons. And they're going to obey you. And they're like, wow. And Peter's like, this is awesome. And everyone loves Jesus. Kings are trying to get just a meeting with Jesus. Crowds followed everywhere. And this is looking awesome. In fact, Peter actually goes to Jesus and the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, when are we taking on Rome? Like, when are we going to be like the kings and just like, you know, re restore the whole earth and vanquish evil? And we're just so pumped. And listen to this. And in one moment, Jesus destroys every expectation that Peter has. Because one day there's this moment where he's surrounded by this crowd of people who love Jesus. They're like, they're like oh, Jesus, you're the best. You're great. They're wearing t-shirts. We love Jesus. Like, it's really great. Moms are like, we're so excited that Peter's a follower of Jesus. Everything is going awesome. And right in the middle, Jesus looks at an audience and says, hey, guys, listen to me. If you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And the people were like, oh, like, what? Like, Jesus, we're going to take option B. Because cannibalism, that's a line we can't cross. And listen to this. And Jesus gave zero explanation. So I want you to, so he walked up to a crowd of people and goes, you need to eat my flesh or drink my blood or you cannot follow. And they wanted to follow him. They were all there like, Jesus, we're here. What do you want to do? We want to make you king, Jesus. And he's like, okay. 
eat my flesh, drink my blood, or you have no part of me. And everyone's like, what? I want you to see this. Listen. He gave no explanation. Here's what I want you to see else. There was no way to understand that statement. Now, we can understand it now. At that time on earth, there was no way to understand or comprehend that statement. It was absolutely a situation that no one could make sense of. And let me tell you what happened. From that moment on, everyone began to leave Jesus. Listen to this. Listen to this. Notice what Jesus says to Peter and the disciples, because I want you to see exactly what Peter wanted to do. And listen to Jesus. From that time on, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus, you don't make sense. Jesus, what you said is just awful. It's just, there's no way you could redeem that. That is ridiculous. Like cannibalism is not even, it's, like, it's not the right way. It's crazy. And listen to what Jesus says to the disciples. You don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Do you know why Jesus asked that question? Because he knew the answer was, yes, they did. Like, but, but what he knew was, is that right that in that moment, I want you to see this real quick, right? There was an expectation that they had on Jesus, that Jesus in this life was going to come, was going to overthrow Rome, that they were going to rule in these kingdoms right now. Now, that will happen on the second coming. They thought it was going to be the first coming, and here's what I want you to see. And so their expectation of God was not met, and they wanted to leave and listen to this. We know that because you'll hear what Peter says next. They, they, they wanted to leave just like everyone else. Here's what I'm saying. Have you ever had that season of your life where God didn't meet your expectations? You, you ever expected, God, I just prayed that my father would one day own the kind of father he was and the wounds he built in me. And I just kind of expected one day you were going to restore it and, and you didn't. I expected that my business would be at this place by now, and, it, and it's not. Like I expected my marriage to be healed, but I hear all these stories, right, of redemption, and God healed this marriage and healed this person, but mine, mine's over. I, I, expected, I, I expected my children to be at, at a different place than, than they are, and they're not. I expect, you just fill in the blank. My point is, have you ever been in this moment of your life where God didn't meet your expectation? Because here's where the disciples found themselves. Here's where Peter found himself. But I want you to understand. I want you to see how does Peter wrestle with God? Like what does Peter do that he doesn't walk away? But listen to what he does. He begins to choose to fight for his relationship with God. And listen to what Peter does. Because we can learn a lot about this. And here's Peter's response. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom should we go? In other words, if I had option B, I'd take it right now. Like, did you hear what Peter, see how real Peter was to Jesus? Like, you, you asked me if I want to leave, and I'm actually thinking about it right now. And I'm trying to find, is there anyone else I can go to that's like God? And the answer is no. So where do I go? And listen to what he says, for you, will you have the words of eternal life, Jesus? We, we, have, we have come to believe and to know, like we've seen the miracles, right, that you are the Holy One of God. What, what's he saying? Hey, Jesus, if I could leave, I would. Because quite honestly, right now, I'm pretty angry, disappointed, frustrated, don't understand. Can't, they don't understand why you would mess all of this up. Things are going so well. I can't understand why you tell anybody about eating your flesh and drinking your blood. That makes zero sense at all. I don't even see how you could redeem what's happened. And quite honestly, Jesus, if I could be real right now, what I really want to do is I want to just run away because it's too painful to stay here. The problem is there's nowhere else to go. Why? Well, because I know who you are. 
Like I watched you walk on water. I watched you speak to nature and you had authority over it. I watched you get down and wash my feet. And so you, I've seen your love and your grace. I've seen you do miracle after miracle. I, I've, I've literally seen you, once again, speak to demons and they flee in your presence. I've seen you raise dead back to life after four days. I've seen you do things over and over again. I've seen your love, your authority, your grace, your power, all of these things. And here's what I know, that you are God, that you created the heavens and the earth, that you're the savior of the world. And even though right now I don't like it, and even though I don't even agree with you, here's what I'm going to choose. I know there's no place else that I can go. So I'm going to stick it out, and I'm going to keep walking even though I don't understand or even agree. Here's what I want you to see, okay? Here's about Peter. This is something that I have learned that is so powerful to do when you're wrestling with God in those circumstances. Here's what Peter ultimately did. I want you to see this. Peter's like, what I know about God is enough to help me accept, not like, accept what I don't understand. Do you see what he's saying? Hey, gee, I'm not happy. I don't even agree. I don't even like it. But you know what? What I know about you is enough to keep me going. I'm going to keep in this battle. I'm going to keep taking step after step. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. In fact, Jesus, I could probably give you some advice how to do this better. But I'm not going anywhere. Can, can I just tell you that there's just, there's just moments in our lives where we have to do that? Like I wish, I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes I wish I, I, I could only tell you about, oh, look at the miracle and the healing and this person's business got restored and this person won a million dollars and this person's marriage was restored. Like I, I love telling you the great story and they're true and God moves. But we got to be ready. Those of you in our next gen, our students, you got to be ready for those moments where life is hard. I, I remember Jesus, when he, before he left, he went to the disciples and he told them, guys, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you all these bad things that are going to happen. He listed all of these things. I imagine their eyes were like that big because it was like bad thing after bad thing. All the times where it's going to feel like God is not there and God is not there and God's not going to listen. And Jesus said, I told you all of these things so your faith wouldn't fail. Meaning... I'm not speaking these things to rob you of faith. I'm teaching you that in the process of life of the ups and downs, you're going to face these moments. And in these moments, when you know these are coming, it actually gives you the ability to remain in faith. And I want to prepare us for these seasons because one day, whether you like it or not, they're going to happen. And can I tell you something about Peter's choice? He's glad he made it. You know, because he chose to go out. I don't understand Jesus. I don't know how you could redeem this, but... But Peter got a privilege that we don't always get. And a few days later, he would actually understand exactly what Peter Jesus meant. Oh, what you're talking about is what we call communion. When you said, eat, eat my flesh, drink my blood, what you're talking about is that I was actually going to go to a cross. And I was actually going to pay Peter for your sins and failures. And by the way, you're going to do it a lot. And I was going to end the separation of you and God and, and that you were going to be able to just look to me and, and place your faith in me and be forgiven of everything that you've ever done. And in that moment that God was going to move in and adopt you as a son, he was going to redeem you and forgive you and be part of your family, that you were going to be able to live with God on this earth all the way through eternity, that the presence of God would move in you. All of these things because Jesus did, listen to this, what Peter was angry at him for doing. And I'm telling you right now, if you were to ask Peter in that moment, he's like, I'm glad I didn't walk away. 
Like I'm glad in that moment that, that where I was angry and hurt and frustrated and my expectation and all these things, God, and we, why did you do all that? Like I don't understand. Like I, Peter's like, I'm glad in this moment when nothing made sense and circumstances didn't seem to line up with the character I expected you to be, that Peter didn't walk away. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to stick this out. I'm going to stick this out. I have nowhere else to go. So even though I'm mad, I'm not giving up. I'm gonna, just like John, I'm going to run to you. I'm going to keep coming to you. And if I could give you a statement for this life, what I would, for this today, here's what I would love for you to really process, and that's this. See, it's better to wrestle with God than to walk away from God. It, it's, it's better to wrestle with God than to walk away from God. It's just better. And, and there, there's some of you that say, I wish I could tell you that you're going to run after God and everything's going to be perfect. But some of you are going to get hurt even in the church. There are three pastors I served under that had affairs. You know, why? Because what happens, I hear this all the time. Well, I started going to church and get my life to God, and then this person or the pastor took this money or the pastor did this or the pastor did that, whatever it is. Like, and your heart hurts for them. But then their response to it is, instead of being angry and fighting with God and going, God, help me deal with this, understand this, what do they do? They walk away. And they miss out on everything God wanted to do in them because they judge God for what somebody else did. And I'm just telling you, listen, it's better to wrestle with God than to walk away from Him. And I wish, to, wish I, God, I could tell you that you weren't going to have those seasons, but you live long enough, you're going you're gonna to have those seasons. That, that, that there's going to be moments, you know, this is this, where you're going to pray for God to do something and He might not do it the way you want or when you want it. And when you walk in those seasons and you walk in those moments, it's just so important to go, I'm going to walk in this one mentality like Peter going, well, where else do I go? God, you died for me. You loved me. You, you're going to redeem all of this. And I know in this world we're going to have trials. And I'm, I just got to learn in these seasons to have the strength. And God, I'm going to run to you. And I'm going to run to you with my problems. I'm going to run to you with my faith and my praise and all of this. And I'm not going to give up because it's better to wrestle with God than to walk away from Him. Because if Peter would have walked away, he would have missed out on the story that P Jesus was writing in Peter's lives. Because the end of the story wasn't that common. In fact, the end of the story wasn't even when Jesus was, uh, when, Jesus, uh, when Peter was rebuked and denied him. The end of the story was that Jesus chose Peter to be the leader of his church. The end of the story is what Jesus for thousands of years, by the way, we're told that Jesus actually said this, is actually leading a kingdom in heaven. See, we have this idea that heaven's a bunch of souls floating around. No, by the way, the Bible tells us that heaven's actually coming to earth. And that in, in, when this happens in the second coming, there's going to be kingdoms and kings just like there's here. There's going to be power and authority just like there is here. And that Peter, because of his faithfulness, is actually leading and is the king of a kingdom in heaven. Because he didn't walk away. And I just want to en encourage you in the seasons of your life that when they come up, and they will, live by this because it's worth it. It really is. And here, here's what I want to be, be careful to say is all. I know we're talking about a little bit the things that God doesn't do, but I, I don't want to leave out for a moment that God still does miracles. And I honestly could sit here for hours telling you incredible stories of people that prayed to God and the answer was yes. 
and people that were sick and, and they actually got healed. And how God actually redeemed circumstances, helped bless businesses, brought marriages back together, brought children back together, began to restore, you know, from enemies and began to overcome obstacles. Like in other words, God is faithful. He was faithful yesterday. God is working and we don't see Him working. God is miraculously doing things. There are principles about reaping and sowing and all of this is true. And I still live every day of my life with an expectation of God's faithfulness. So please, I'm not walking around expecting all of this. Oh, I'm expecting God to move and be faithful and do miracles. And, and I'm believing for these things. But here's what I want you to know. But I'm also prepared for those seasons. Those moments when everything doesn't work out the way I want. And when those face, what I've learned is, God, I will, I'm going to choose to wrestle. I'm not giving up. In fact, let me give you these three. Here's there. How do you wrestle with God? We need to run to God with our problems, with Him and our praise of Him. Second, we need to know what I know about God is enough to help, us, help me accept what I don't understand. I mean, sometimes we're going to have to just discipline ourselves going, I know God's character. I know God's character. I'm going to read these verses on Him. I'm going to hold on to these promises. And I don't see it, but here's what I'm going to do. What I know about Him is going to have to be enough in this season, in this circumstance where I don't agree with what that verse says or I don't understand it. What I know is enough to understand. And lastly, it's better to wrestle with God than to walk away from Him. And if you, and we gotta pray, we, we, we gotta train our next generation for this. Because this is, students, if you listen to this, if you live with that mentality, here's what's gonna happen. You will see God will get you through those valleys. He will get you through those deserts. And He will finish writing a story. And He will bless you for your faith and your obedience. But we need to get ready for the reality of a broken, imperfect world. And we need to strengthen our faith by understanding that sometimes in our lives, even the greatest people of the Lord and the Scriptures had moments where they had to battle. The difference is they chose to wrestle with God and run to God rather than to walk away. And for some of you, it's exactly what you need to do today. Let me pray over you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your amazing goodness. Jesus, thank you for even this moment of saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you were actually talking about how you were going to lay down your life for the salvation, our salvation. God, I know some of you, some people in this room and at Boynton and even online have just walked through hell on earth. I know your heart hurts and mine does for them. But God, I just pray that those things the enemy has done to them, that they choose to not walk away from you. You are their hope. You can redeem it. You can give them the strength to get through it. And may they not walk away, but may they choose to come to you with their pain and their struggles and choose to wrestle with you, God. That what they know about you is just going to have to be enough to help them accept these circumstances they don't understand. And give them the strength to get through to the other side and let you finish writing their story of redemption. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.